Hey there, I'm so excited about this week's episode in the Blissful Biz podcast. This week I'm joined by Amy McDonald, host of the successful podcast Abundant Yoga Teachers. Amy is a yoga teacher and business coach. She supports yoga teachers grow abundant yoga businesses with one-on-one -on -one coaching, online training programs, workshops, and retreats. In this episode, we debunk common marketing myths. For example, getting stuck in trying to define your niche or believing that you are not good enough yet and need more trainings or better photos before you can get started. Can you relate to any of that. Amy has a ton of experience in coaching yoga teachers and shares so many nuggets full of wisdom here. I love talking to her and I hope you'll enjoy our conversation. Hey there, welcome to the Blissful Bliss Podcast. I'm your host, Susanne Reicher, here to help yoga and wellness entrepreneurs build a thriving online business. If you're ready to make a bigger impact and earn money online, you are in the right place. Each week you learn about websites, digital products, social media strategies, and what's working now to build your online business. And now let's get started. Amy, I'm so excited that you are here. Can you please introduce yourself and tell us who is Amy? What has your journey been like? Where did it lead you? The whole story. Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me as a guest. Uh, it's an absolute delight to be here and I love being able to talk about all blissful business things. So thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, my name's Amy McDonald. I'm a business coach for yoga teachers and holistic practitioners. Uh, I'm also a, a yoga teacher and a writer and an editor and various other things by profession. Um, and I live in Australia, not too, in the country, not too far from Melbourne. Um, I, I work with yoga teachers all over and I'm the host of the Abundant Yoga Teacher podcast. That's so great. Yeah, I've been following you for a while. So yes, because I mean, you've been <laughs> one of the first, I think, who've really offered marketing for yoga teachers or who really, you know, like, so had like um, specialized offers for that market. Mm. And I mean, you're a yoga teacher yourself. So I think that's yes. how you got started. Um, yes. So what is it about um, teaching yoga and working with yoga teacher that has always lit your fire in a way? Um, well, I've been doing yoga uh, as a student since, uh, what, so for 34 years. So I've been practicing for a while. Um, it's my most, it's my longest term relationship for by far. Uh, <laughs> so I have a, you know, I have a love for yoga um, and it's, It's really, really, I don't think it's overstating to say that yoga has saved me uh, in different ways at different times in my life. So I'm incredibly grateful for the practice and what it can do for people. And I, um, you know, I, I realize that where I live in the country, a big class has maybe 20 people in it. If I want to share the healing and transformative benefits of yoga with more people, The best way to do that, the most strategic way to do that is to get more people teaching more people. Like my, it's my little pyramid scheme to help make the world a better place. So I guess in a way, you know, my business these days, um, 
creates a prosperity for me, uh, but it also helps me feel like I'm pursuing my dharma and um, helping in some way to make the world a better place, even in a small little way, by helping get more people coming to yoga. I guess part of the reason why I love working with yoga teachers is because I am one and I've been on my own journey. And, you know, I think we're a good bunch of people. We, the, well, the people in my community, we, we're, we tend to be a bit goofy, a bit nerdy. We like to help people. Uh, we've done in become, most people become yoga teachers because they've been yoga students. So they've done a little bit of work on themselves and, and, and they're the types of people that I like hanging out with. So I guess I've gone and made myself a blissful business based on what I'm interested in and who I like to hang out with. So it's quite perfect, really. That's great. I mean, I love the connections I make in the online world. I think it's so amazing. People really underestimate that, I think. I love that right now a lot of yoga teachers are actually embracing it. And, yes. um, right. And, um, I mean, I heard from quite a few and also saw it in Facebook groups that they really are surprised how much they enjoy teaching yoga online. Yeah. And that they want yeah. to continue doing it even when they can do one on one classes again, like teach in real life, which of course is amazing too, right? So you don't want to give yes. that up. But to have like both and to have those opportunities that we have right now that technology, It's never given us these opportunities. Like it's never been as easy to connect, to build um, a community, um, to have all those tools. Um, so yes, yeah, so I'm really excited about that. So do you live like in the countryside, somewhere like a small village or? Yeah, I live in, um, I live in an old gold mining town. So there's Ooh. lots of really old, well, not compared to Europe, but for Australia, <laughs> really old. Uh, Australians have, uh, you know, in, uh, people have been in Australia for a really, really, really long time, but uh, white people who built stuff, not so long. But for Australian standards, uh, I live in an old town, lots of, um, you know, monuments and uh, uh, lots of good stories. My house was built in 1861, which is old for Australia. Um, so, yeah, I live about an hour and a half drive from Melbourne. But I live in one of those small towns that is my favorite type of small town. It's the combination of um, the real people, as they would call themselves, the real people, and then the, the blow-ins is what people like me are called, people who have come from Melbourne looking for a tree change, bringing all of their kind of wanky coffee shops and hipster blah, blah, blah. So I kind of, I'm a bit in both. I'm a bit redneck and a bit, or we say in Australia, a bit bogan and a bit hipster all, all mixed together. So I like it. It's like a, it's like a cultural <laughs> melting pot. <laughs> I love that. Um, I think your authenticity comes from that and it really comes across. <laughs> so um, I actually did a road trip in Australia. I drove from uh, Melbourne to Sydney with a little detour of the Great Ocean Road um, two years ago and it was so amazing. So, that is a detour. That is definitely a detour because in the other direction. I know. Yes. I know. And I like wish I would have had would more have time, been, but yeah, I love that. You might have come through my town on the way. If you went Melbourne, Great Ocean Road, and then up to Sydney, you might very well have driven quite close to where I live. So there you have it. <laughs> next time. Next time. Next I mean, time. I don't know if you know, but I spend a lot of time in Bali. So yes. this was, um, for the past, I think, five, six years, I've always been like half the year in Bali. 
Yeah, yeah. So I did like a visa run to Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell anybody. No one does visa runs. Never, never. No, visa runs are totally legal. Nothing wrong with visa runs. (laughs) It's just like, you know, you have to leave the country, Indonesia, every 60 days. Then you are there with a tourist visa and then you go on a trip. So like go go to Australia or Singapore or Bangkok and then you go back. (laughs) Nice way to live. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like um, the motivation for my business was really at the Mm. beginning to become location independent Mm -hmm. and to be able to work from anywhere. And that's what I really love about having an online business and also about selling online courses. That's like my favorite business model. (laughs) And, um, So, yes, and of course, working with yoga teachers, I'm pretty much the same that I have like this. Okay, I help them and then they help more people and thus I help more people. Yes. So, yeah. um, (laughs) It's a nice, there's only so many people I can teach yoga to, but if I can help other people fill up their classes, then I feel I'm having more of a useful, being more, more of a useful contributor. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, I mean, yeah, it's not like we want to, we would want to help other people too, but you have to find a niche. I think that's so important. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I feel kind of conflicted about this idea of niche, although I can see I'm kind of in two minds about its importance. I, when I first started my online business, so that was in 2009, um, Uh, I think it was very important back then because social media marketing was still in its infancy and you needed to have a pretty good sense of who it was that you wanted to work with. But I think these days with the power of things like Facebook advertising, you you can actually let social media define for you in a way what your niche is. As long as you're clear about the skills that you have and the services that you offer, that sort of the types of people that want to work with you simply kind of coalesce around you when you're being your authentic self. And I think that's where, that's what what I love working with my clients. You can see when my clients get into that place of ease, when they sort of surrender to, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to trust Amy. That has to happen first. (laughs) That that I'm enough. I'm good enough already that there are enough people who are going to like my way of doing my thing and I don't have to pretend to be something else or wait till I've lost a few kilos or buy a whole new wardrobe or take another training in order to be able to find the right types of people to work with me. I think, I think for me, I don't know about with your clients, but I, sometimes I see yoga teachers, you know, they'll ring up for a coaching call with me and, be kind of so stuck in their head about, well, I don't know what to do because I don't know who my niche is. I don't know if it's pregnancy yoga or if it's chair yoga for seniors and I can't move forward until I figure it out. Rather than kind of being driven by what they love and just seeing what's successful and keep doing the thing that works and abandon the thing that doesn't work. I don't know. Well, I'm curious to know what you think about that. Yeah, uh, no, Um finding a niche can be really challenging for sure. And um, it's not always as clear cut uh, as in my case or in your case. Um, But yeah, but I agree that your personality can be your niche. The way you teach can be your niche. For example, um, there's like, like bad yoga, bad yogi has like this niche about being authentic and telling it as it is. So 
And I'm a big um, fan of, I'm, I'm always saying, if you're not clear, clarity comes with action. Yeah. So yes. which is basically yes, yes, what yes. you've been saying to just yes. move forward and yes. it will all fall into place. And in any case, even if you think you have it all figured out in a few years, it's probably going to look totally different. That is true. I, I have been, my business has been through various iterations. And I say to people when they're obsessing over building their first website and getting it perfectly right. I remember my first website, um, I, I built it with the free program that came with my laptop. There was no, at the time, there was no like Wix or Squarespace. So Apple had this free software. So I built it. You didn't need the internet to build it. But every time you changed your website, you had to upload the whole site again. It was this huge process. And I built it on a bus in Th like a 14-hour bus ride in Thailand, just building up my website. And that website, same URL that I have now, no photos of me because I was terrified of that, just stick figures that looked a little bit like me that my friend's 16-year-old daughter had drawn. And on that website, when you landed on the homepage, it said uh, yoga, retreats, erotica, and <laughs> project management, all on the <laughs> one website. <laughs> And I was doing like government contracts, you know, high-end government contracts, training their people and doing team development. On the same page, though, I was putting my like neurotic kind of short erotic fiction. So, you know, you get to figure it out as you go. <laughs> so you wrote erotic fiction. <laughs> Published. I won awards, but, you know, in a previous life. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, amazing. Not, kind of like not, a, not a skill set that I bring into my current business. <laughs> I, think it, I always wondered about it. I thought it must be really lucrative to offer that on, on you know, like an Amazon. <laughs> I was, mine was quite niche. I, I, I don't think it was, uh, yeah, it was more of the, cheap red wine, beret wearing, kind of Berlin circa 2005, kind of, you know, self-absorbed yeah. kind of fiction writing. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. You just got started and then it kind of evolved your business or so yes. one thing worked out yeah. better than the other? Yes. And I, and I had an affinity for some things more than other things. And I think for your listeners, you I bootstrapped my business from the get-go. I never had a loan. I put, when I first qualified as a yoga teacher, I bought some props to start teaching that I put on a credit card. Um, but other than that, I bootstrapped everything from the beginning. So, um, not, it, you know, it was a process, but for anybody who has an idea or wants to make a change or thinks maybe it's this and not that, just as my mentor would say, fail forward, just try things out and persist with what works and abandon what doesn't. You know, I think it's Gary Vee says, you can't fail, you just pursue what's working and, and the rest just gets to be data, not failure. Yes, definitely. And you can be multi-passionate. What also yeah. helped me is realize that you don't have to monetize everything. You can have hobbies. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if that's like a classic entrepreneurial trap. How can I turn this thing that I love into money? <laughs> yes, and in fact, you must have hobbies, I would suggest. Otherwise, you become myopic and absor you're completely absorbed in, in, your, in your business, which is not healthy either. 
No, that's true. That's true. So we have niching. What other common myths um, about marketing oh. can you debunk for us? Um, uh, what else? Another common. Oh, okay. So let's talk about perfection when it comes to photos, for example, or perfection when it comes to perfection when it comes to pretty much anything. But the one that um, the one that hurts me sometimes for just for, for compassion for people because it was part of my journey is this idea that um, I don't have the right body. I don't look right. I don't look like a yoga teacher. I don't look like a health coach. I, I, don't, I, I don't have the, the aesthetic or I'm too, you know, too old or I'm too young or I'm too inflexible or I, can't, I don't have the fancy clothes or, you know, this thing that people don't feel confident to, to market what they have because they judge themselves so harshly when, in fact, the perfect people for us as customers or clients or students uh, are attracted to us exactly as we are. I think this is a big myth that I need to save up all my money and have a glamorous professional photo shoot and get my hair all blown out and all of my makeup airbrushed on and then I'll be able to call myself a legitimate holistic business owner rather than just, it's good enough. If you meet me in person, I look like this. Better that you see my photo looking like actually me. <laughs> but you have beautiful photos on your website. <laughs> I really well, you like know, them. that. Thank you very much. And I learned this. Um, I remember I was in Brisbane at a yoga class with my teacher and I'm from the Southern part of Australia. So it's cold here and where I live in particular, very, very dry. So I was in Brisbane, which is hot and very, very humid with my teacher who was vinyasaing the hell out of us. It was a hard, which I love class. And this, I was in the zone. I was not there for work. I was just there because he's my teacher. I was loving every second of it. I, I am a hot mess. It's not pretty. I've accepted this about myself, but I'm a hot mess practicing yoga. And then halfway through this three hour long class, the woman on the mat next to me, she looks at me and she says, Oh, you're Amy McDonald. I'm on your mailing list. And I just thought, <laughs> Oh God, <laughs> here's me sweating, hot you know, just a disgusting puddle. And that's when I realized, okay, that's it. I'm not doing any more fancy photo shoots because I'm out here in the world and I don't look like fancy photo shoot when I'm on my sticky mat or at the supermarket or so just, I guess, to come back to your original question about the myth, what I would say is what people want to buy, what people want to connect with the Businesses we like to engage with are the ones that we feel are authentic. And you simply, sure, put on a little bit of makeup and, you know, a good bra, as we'd like to say in my community. But, you know, it doesn't have to, you don't have to wait until you've lost another five kilos or you can afford a super fancy photo shoot. Just work with what you've got now and show up authentically now. Yes, you've been ahead of the curve probably because it's really the trend right now. Even all the big name influencers on Instagram are now posting no makeup pictures. And <laughs> I mean, it's still very curated. It's like, but <laughs> I learned, I, I learned makeup um, three years ago. I was at a conference, going to a conference in Maui, fancy conference, staying at this fancy hotel. 
And I had, I mean, I, I was an au pair when I was 19 in Germany and all of the, all of the people that I worked with were like, if you're a feminist, you don't shave anything. So I was like, okay, I, I believe you. I don't know anything. You seem so exotic. <laughs> so I don't, like, I don't do any of that beauty stuff. But I was going to this conference. I thought, okay, Amy, you need to figure this out. So I went to Sephora and I went up to one of the women and I said, you need to teach me what to do and I will buy whatever you say I need. And so she sat me down at the mirror. She did the, all the thing. We took photos along the way. I took notes. She put all the products that she'd used and then I just said, okay, put them in a basket. I'm taking them with me. Oh my and God. that would have been like three years ago. So, you know, I, I don't know <laughs> if I was ahead of the curve or just um, beautifully influenced at a, at a malleable age but um you know if I can if I can do it if I can figure out how to look half decent in a photo then so can everybody else listening yes I think it's just like really to as I said is being authentic and if you feel your best when you have makeup on and your hair in curls that's fine too I mean you know you yes, do you of course so of course. and um absolutely I think I learned more about this in those last years as an entrepreneur about myself and about self-love and self-acceptance because, you know, you're not used to see yourself on video or to hear your voice and suddenly you are confronted with that. So it takes, so I think it's, a, I always tell my students, this just takes practice, baby step by baby step. And um, what I did, for example, in the beginning was there's this app on on the Mac, um, little photo booth where you can do like oh, videos. Yes. Yes, yes. And so oh, just yes. do a video diary for yourself where you talk into the camera, just for oh. yourself. You don't have to share it with everyone, anyone. You're so much more gentle. I'm like, get on Facebook live and do it for <laughs> 10 minutes at least. And only if it's terrible, you can delete it. You're so much more, you're so more, much more gentle than I am. Well, mm. <laughs> you give them the tough laugh. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, whatever works, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Have to sort of desensitize yourself to yourself. <laughs> so, do you have one more myth? So, we had like niching, mm. don't overthink it. Then we had oh, don't let perfectionism yes. stop you. Here's one. What about the one about pricing? What about this thing about you shouldn't charge for spirituality or you shouldn't charge if you if you're a healer? Then you, you know, you, how dare you desire prosperity? You know, this sort of like wounded healer or the broke artist. This myth about if you're if if you want to help people, you should do it for free or close to free, and that charging premium prices is somehow spiritually vacuous or um, uh, I don't know, like not. Um, not serving humanity as you're meant to. I think this is a classic myth and I, and it's one that I'm determined to, to bust because at least in my tradition, you know, yoga comes from a householder tradition. There's nothing in there that says you should be broke. You should struggle financially. You should compromise your own well-being to the benefit of others. There's simply nothing in there um, from a householder perspective that supports this idea that people with heart-centered holistic businesses should somehow struggle for money or undercharge or charge less than their value. Is this something that you see with your people? 
year to charge? Sometimes. And I think it's difficult because, I mean, they've been told so many times probably, especially from business coaches that, oh, yeah, you just have to get over that. And it's not as easy as that probably. No, I think you're right. I, I, I think it goes, speaks to, like you were saying earlier about the photo piece, it, it's, it, is, um, it's, it is about business and it's not about business. And I know for me the greatest boon uh, I've received in having the business I have, I get to serve people all over the world. I get to travel a lot. I have lots of time. I have, you know, great income. All of that's beautiful, but the greatest gift is what I've um, transformed in myself, who I've become in the process, the personal development piece. And that one for me was totally about reconciling self-worth, uh, spiritual connection and wealth, like actually bringing all of that together and not feeling that it somehow made me better if I was really struggling financially. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was deep work. It's not like you're right. You can't just watch a YouTube video on it and then it's fixed. It, it's a process. I know, definitely. And sometimes I think it can feel also challenging because it's, then it's like you're not rich yet, so you have mindset issues and you haven't done the work. So it's your fault again. And you know, like you're just ah! not good enough. And I, and I like I was like, that's ah, I hate that. <laughs> sometimes it just takes time, and yeah, maybe yeah, it's sometimes there's just not the right solution for everyone. I don't know. Yeah. And some people suck at business. I mean, some people are not meant for it. It takes a lot of work. I'm, I don't believe for a minute that you can just sit on your meditation cushion and manifest, you, you know, Euro dollar notes to come from the <laughs> ceiling. That just doesn't happen. I mean, I, I love it unless it's happened for you. It hasn't happened for me. Um, you've got to work for it as well. It gets to be both. It's mindset, but it's also knowing the skills, getting shit done. And, and it's no judgment for it. I don't think some people aren't meant for having their own business. It's, I work a lot. Um, I love it, but, uh, but I work a lot and, um, not everyone's up for that. It's if, and that's okay too. I know. There's yeah. Wrong with having a job or being an employee and having a career that you adore. And a, I mean, geez, I don't know about you, but a paycheck mm. would be really sexy sometimes for me <laughs> <laughs> rather than being wholly responsible for my own income. It's not entrepreneurship is not for everybody for sure. That's true. That's true. But at the same time, you actually just want to be, entrepreneurs and self-employed and not like get employed by a yoga studio or corporation. Or, I mean, most of them anyway. So most of them that I talk to, probably there yes, a few who would like that to have a fixed salary. I don't know. What's your Maybe, experience? Yeah, I say yes and no. I think you're absolutely right. They don't want to work for people. They want to have the freedom to do their own stuff. I'm included in this, everybody. So I'm not being judgy here. Like we're all in this together, all one, hashtag all one. But at the same time, I, there are quite a few yoga teachers I'll speak to who don't actually want to. I don't want to do social media every day. I don't want to have to answer all my emails. I don't want to put on another Facebook ad. You know, you can't have it both ways. If you just want to teach fully at a studio or studios, invoice them for your classes, not worry about the back end, great. But if you want the freedom and, and to genuinely run your own business, then you can't just decide, mm. I don't want to. Some stuff you just have to do. (laughs) 
What do you say when someone comes to you and say, I just, I just want to hire someone to do all that? Mm. I think this is a great question. Um, I love, I love it when my clients get to a point where they're outsourcing some of the things that they don't need to do. Where I find it a business risk, however, is when people are outsourcing work that they don't know how to do um, or have a really strong aversion about. Because what that means is, I've, I mean, I've just, and I'm sure you're the same, heard these terrible stories of, for example, uh, someone paying thousands of dollars for some SEO expert. It was going to take a few months to see results. That's just, that's just, you know, that's just a rip off or, or Facebook ads experts because everybody is terrified of, I don't know how to do a Facebook ad. So they hire somebody who probably doesn't not necessarily knows that much either. Um, and again, losing money or, you know, virtual assistants who, who don't, um, who, you, who you don't have a great uh, communication process with. So you're paying them to do things two, three, four times, and then you do it yourself anyway, because you still don't like what they got. I love, I love the idea of yoga teachers from an empowered place outsourcing work. It's a great way to do things. Um, but it's not as easy as just picking someone from the internet and giving them some money and hoping for the best. I think we need to be, we need to know what we're doing. And I love Brendan Brichard teaching on this, how he says, you need to know how to do everything in your business and then outsource it. Because then you know what someone else is doing. You know what's involved. You know how much you should pay for it and how long it should take. So you've got to get your head around the basics before you give your power away to someone else to do it for you. Yes, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think, yes, this is a journey you learn so much <laughs> from that. And um, I also think it's not working that you just hand over someone, do my marketing and I pay mm -hmm. you. And mm -hmm. yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know any case where that's working. And I've heard stories from really successful entrepreneurs who've done it all themselves and then hired like an expensive marketing agency or yes. something and lost tons of money because, you know, like there was just something missing, like the authenticity and everything. I'm in that category. I have totally spent tens of thousands of dollars on experts who didn't know as much as I did. But I think, you know, we maybe it's part of our the uh, cohort that we undervalue our own skills. It's easy to look at someone else and say, wow, you're great. But to do that for ourselves can be difficult. Oh, and definitely. maybe it takes you losing a few, a, a fair bit of money to realize, you know what, actually I'm quite good at that thing that I just paid you to completely fuck up. Oh, I don't know if I can swear on your podcast. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I, yeah. Okay, so um, I have one last question for you yeah. um, because I don't know why I want to know that, but because maybe it's been on my mind, but <laughs> have you ever dealt with like negative comments or doubt from others in regards to your work and how oh. did you overcome that? Oh my goodness, where should I start? Um, <laughs> Where's that am, coming yes, from? <laughs> all the time, all the time. Uh, absolutely, all of the time. And um Yeah, regularly. Um, let's see, when was the, I had one last week, uh, someone emailing me saying, uh, what gives you the right to charge what you charge? And then she wrote in her email, she wrote, I can't even get someone to pay $65 an hour for me. How the, where do you get off charging whatever, $500 an hour, whatever. I can't remember what she said. Um, yeah, it happens all the time. Um, 
I get, I, when I first started, I got a lot of stuff about how dare you charge for spirituality. Yoga should be free for everybody. Um, uh, I've had, I've had people hire me and then, uh, expect all sorts of things that I, not only did we never discuss, but not written anywhere on any of my marketing materials or sales pages. Um, yeah, I, I have that a lot. And I think, um, one of the things that I is really important for everybody is just being mindful of making unsubstantiated claims. Like, you know, I can't guarantee if someone wants to, if someone is interested in hiring me, a question that people will often ask before someone hires me or that before they join my mastermind, we have a, you know, phone conversation and people will often say to me, well, how long will it take me to get my return on my investment? If I sign up for your mastermind, how long will it take for me to make that money back? Um, and I always say, I've got no idea because I don't know if you're going to follow my teaching. I don't know how many hours you're prepared to work. I don't know if you're, if exactly where your business is, I can help you to the degree that I am qualified and experienced to help you, but I can't guarantee your success. And I'm very, very clear about that at the beginning because I hate it when someone, it's very, very uncomfortable when someone tries to blame me for their lack of progress. And I think in the coaching space, um, like I was saying about SEO experts, Facebook ad experts, coaches, business coaches, there's unfortunately, there's a lot of stuff out there that's not particularly reliable or um, you know, there's some, there's some fakers and there's some misinformation and I don't want to be part of that. So I get less of those sorts of accusations these days because I'm so overt about the fact that oh, I can't promise you shit. All I can promise you is I'm going to charge you a credit card and I'm going to work to do my best to help you. But, but that's all I can the, it would be unethical for me to commit to anything else. Yeah, I'm the same. I would never promise yoga teachers, oh, yeah, get to a 5K month with me or something. It's like. And yet there are people promise. in the industry that are absolutely putting that sort of stuff in their marketing materials. Yeah. And I, I yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I, you know, you want to get people result when you're working with them. So um, I have, for example, you have the same, you have a course, how to build a website. And I love it when I get the results. <laughs> when yes. people really share their website, that's the most amazing feeling, you know. Yeah. So, and yeah. yes, but some people maybe don't because they stop in the middle and they don't finish it or they get frustrated <laughs> or I don't know. They're just like... <laughs> I don't know. I never hear from them again. I'm like, mm. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not it, yeah. beating myself up over it because it's not my responsibility. Yeah. Did you, I found though that when I first got going offering online programs, I, that was a hard one for me. Like people would spend, you know, $4,000 buying a program from me and never show up for the training calls. I just couldn't, I guess I'm just not that, if I bought, if I'm going to spend $4,000 on a training program, you better believe I am there for all of it. That's just who I am as a person. I'm going to squeeze the juice out of that thing. It took me a while to let go of that thing about it's not my responsibility if that person has bought something and isn't using it. And I guess it's like, I guess it's like people who specialize in helping people um, do develop home yoga practices, for example. We have to relinquish. It's not our responsibility if someone actually does the practice that we help them devise or actually does the meditation every morning like they signed up to in our training program. But it's tricky to 
Yeah, you have to let go of that. Somehow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's tricky. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. yeah I think it's tricky. So. Not take it personal. Yeah. <laughs> Or feel somehow, maybe that's that people-pleasing stuff, that residual people-pleasing. Have I not done enough or is there something else I could do? Here we're looping back to the the through line here of our conversation about a yoga business being an opportunity for personal development just Mm. as much as it is for a vehicle for prosperity. (laughs) That's true. Oh, my God. Amy, um, thank you so much. I think you're amazing. <laughs> um, it's actually a little bit intimidating, you know, so much. <laughs> so let's keep it real. Tell us one thing you're not very good at. Oh, this is like a, one of those old school job interview questions. Um, <laughs> Isn't that a trick I, question? Here's what I suck at. Here's I'm, I'm, rec- I'm starting to actually not only recognize, but celebrate and seek to resolve this in myself. I suck at email. I suck, not, not sales emails. I'm good at copywriting, managing my inbox. I hate it. And I've started saying to people, don't send me an email unless you're my private client. Don't get me on Instagram. I will get back to you. But emails, guys suck at it. I just, I'm just, I really want to be one of those zero inbox women. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so not, my inbox is a disaster. Yeah. That, that one. I, I love I it. Suck. Yeah, I'm totally different. I always ignore messages <laughs> on Instagram or when they're Facebook. That's the worst. People like, and there's so many places now where you have to check and then they're hidden somewhere. And, you know, everywhere, like in Facebook, I have to check the hidden messages. And in Instagram, I have to check the <laughs> hidden messages. And I'm like, just send me an email. <laughs> <laughs> so, what does your inbox look like? Have you got uh, folders? Are you the sort of woman I'm who's not, got like I'm folders? Not, I'm not anal about it, <laughs> but I clean really? it up. Yeah, I'm clean. Oh, but it's okay. not totally empty. No, I'm not I'm not inbox zero. So I would love that. It's I think it happened once when I just s- select all delete. Just because <laughs> I wanted to know what it felt like. <laughs> oh, well, thank oh. you. Thank Go you ahead, so like, much for your time today. Is there anything I should have asked but didn't? Or? Um, well, I guess the, the obvious question I guess that I would like to slip in there is just about um, if people want to know more about what working with me looks like. Oh, um, yeah, let's do that. Just, uh, just very quickly, um, for people who want to, obviously I have a podcast as well, which, which you could subscribe to also. It's called Abundant Yoga Teachers. Um, and uh, I'd like to think but there's some useful training in there. But if people are interested in learning more about me and uh, how I work, I have a um, mastermind that's opening for registrations uh, in June that people might like to take a look at. It's called Keep Growing. So the URL is amymcdonald.com.au forward slash keep growing. And it's a combination of one-on-one coaching and group coaching for people who are looking to scale. So not starting out at the very beginning, but if you have a business and you're looking to scale, um, you might like to take a look at that. Oh, thank you. And I include all the links in the show notes, obviously. Thank you. So people can get in touch with you. Um, yes, thank you so much for sharing your story and expertise. And this has been a really amazing conversation. It was really cool to learn more about you and your journey <laughs> as a yoga business coach so thank you thank you very much for having me it's been an absolute pleasure 
Oh my God, I enjoyed this conversation with Amy so much. She's amazing and keeping it real, which I love. I hope you learned a thing or two and feel inspired to grow your yoga business. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Blissful Biz podcast. If you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. This would mean the world to me. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to never miss a new episode. To learn more about how to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, my courses and membership, or to get instant access to freebies, workshops, and more, go to susannoreike.com right now. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time. Hey there, interrupting for a short announcement. I'm hosting a virtual bootcamp to help you kickstart your online business from May 6th to May 10th. And I would love to see you there. It's the make your first or next $5,000 online bootcamp. And you can save your spot for this free virtual event when you go to my website, susannereicher.com forward slash bootcamp. That's S-U-S-A-N-N-E-R-I-E-K-E-R.com forward slash bootcamp. I'm going to go live every day from Monday to Friday with a live training on how to elevate your vision, choose your profitable niche, amplify your content, nail down your signature offer to make your first or next $5,000. I can't believe how freaking fun, valuable and powerful this virtual event is going to be. You'll get five live stream trainings, all of the recordings in case you can't make it live or need to leave early, access to my new community, the Midlife Biz Hive, including tons of additional trainings for you to dive in, the chance to ask any questions in our calls or in the community. It'll be amazing. This event is a real game changer, whether you're just starting out or you've been at it for a while, but feeling a bit stuck around the maybe $2,000 to $3,000 monthly mark. If you're eager for more and ready to figure out the online business puzzle, this is the perfect place to kickstart your journey to bigger and better results.